Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to This Week in Mormons. I'm Jeff Openshaw, your intrepid co-host, and I'm happy to be here this week, finally. We apologize for the later show this week, but it's not my fault. It's my co-host's fault. That's me. And I, and I refuse to accept responsibility for his malfeasance. So uh, joining me this week and dancing for some reason. on I'm dancing video. because I see, Jeff, I see 10 years in the future, and 10 years into the future, we're going to be doing this on YouTube and on this podcast. So yes. I want some, when people yeah. are like, oh, what was, what was he like on the show? You can show yeah. him this retro footage yeah. from Hangouts. So this is Ashton Bingham, everybody. Hi. Ashton Sterling Bingham. That's He's the one. Uh, longtime listeners might recognize him. He's been on the show before, but it's been a while. It's been a few years. It's been a year, actually. I, I looked at the timestamp from our last, our last um, Google chat. And I think it was a year ago. It was like June, January 13th. Yeah, it's been a while. So 31st, 2019. Yeah, it's been a minute. Did we actually produce that show or is that the one that we recorded? No, that's the, one, that's the one where you trust me with recording my audio and I recorded what? it in GarageBand. And yes. the and time limit I set on it without realizing I said it was eight seconds. So that's the one when I went to listen and be like, oh, this is going to be a great show. And it's like, hey, everybody, it's me, Jeff. And this is Ashton. Hey, everybody, it's me, Jeff. And this is Ashton. And it kept recording. It. And the beautiful thing here is Ashton professionally is an audio visual <laughs> professional. This is what he does for work. This is what I do for a living, people. But he, but as he told me tonight, he is now at the stage where he just points at stuff and tells other people to do it for him. So I, I'm that's lucky. His excuse. The thing is, you you just have to flex as much uh, jerkiness, haughtiness, and sure. And so the more the more Lacroix you drink, and the more you make soft hand comments about poets you really don't understand, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. further you get along in my profession. So finally, I'm at a point where I like I don't know how to do that. I'm just gonna make someone else feel bad for doing it wrong. So I can just point fingers and say, you did that wrong. You did that wrong. Faster, better, stronger. All those. Kanye things. West. Dude. Beyonce was better than Taylor. I watched the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to l- watch the preview for five more seconds. It was so forced. My life is so hard because I'm so I mean, rich. But I'm rich because they made me be rich. <laughs> I recognize that. It's a documentary that still ran through her publicists, obviously. Of but course. I still thought it was, it's it was so an cooked. interesting view. It's just it so was, cooked, man. It was yeah. so authentic. She was so mad, so mad about the injustice that she had to speak out. That's so, well, it's so funny because it's like just watching anything. So we watch, you know, because I'm almost 30 years old. Yay. Uh, we watch Fixed Rapper. Uh, not even 30 yet. Yeah. So, I, you know, take everything I say with. A 20-year-old mindset. But we watch Fixer Upper, right? And it's like, I know everything's so good. Okay. So even better than Fixer Upper, we watch, because it is incredible television, we watch The Bachelor. It is by far the most entertaining television because it's so incredibly cooked. Like every single bit of it is just so cooked. You know, the all the pauses that they show that it's like, ooh, that seems like a really awkward pause. They're just taking different shots from earlier or later. And then just erasing the audio, you know, just yeah. editing. Yeah. And anyway, that's so, you know, if you bought into I, Taylor Swift. I, I thing, can't, I can't watch The Bachelor anymore. I used to be able to hate watch The Bachelor and get enjoyment out of it. But now I try and I'm just like, this is just. I, oh, it's pure entertainment. I have, I have few moments 
to consume content. media like that, right? And to consume yeah. content. You got to save it for the best. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of time. Taylor you know, Swift. It's, it's, it's either something I could download potentially while I'm commuting to work, maybe, but Hulu does not allow downloads for no. like, recently aired stuff. Or it's some stuff I watch at home when the kids are in bed. And I'm, Hard I'm, life. I'm not going to waste. I'm not going to waste an hour and a half watching that after nope. the, late at night. That's just not going to happen. It's just going to rewatch The Office. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, until it leaves Netflix after this. Year. I know because the, but they're going to do their, yeah their their own streaming service soon. Soon everyone's going to have their own. Well, I mean, it sort of feels like right now you get on. It's like oh, you want to watch something on Stars? You want to watch something on HBO? You want to watch something on you know four or five different? I don't even know what. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, how it's. That's how it is now. That's the world we live in. Streaming. We're right back to TV, basically. We're right back to – I think someone did a study where they showed the cost of every service put together and how you're no longer saving over what a cable bundle would have cost you yeah. seven years ago. So Clever. sad world we live in. Otherwise, though, man, how's life out there in Utah? Are life. you making any more videos for Mitt Romney? No, heavens with- to the oh. – no. And you probably get the political climate of Utah right now regarding – the old Mitski. Yeah, everyone's really proud of him. Yeah, supporting him. everyone loves everyone loves what he's doing out here. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could have told I retell that story I told last time. We talked about a year ago because it was about a year ago that I shot a lot of his TV stuff. You can tell you can so so can I retell? Yeah. You shot a lot of his like Senate ad videos. Yes, things, right. right. Yeah, and so you can, t- you can tell people stuff. So I, I just thought it was a fun story. So. At the time, I loved Mitt, right? Because, you know, like everyone else did, love Mitt Romney. Because how could you not? If you watch the Netflix documentary Mitt, you can't help but feel sorry for the guy. It's the most – anyway, it's really sad. <laughs> I should watch it if it's still on Netflix. Anyway, we're traveling this day. It actually with- is. I, ch- I happened to check last week. I wondered if it was still around. But, yeah, it's there. Oh, it's it's so interesting. But it's it's so interesting to see from a, a public appearance standpoint how candidates, you know, try to – you know try to connect with these people that they're going to visit actually on the road. So it's like Mitt Romney is a very wealthy man. He could easily drive a Range Rover and by drive a Range Rover, he could have someone else drive a Range Rover around town for him. But optically, it doesn't look good. Even for a man that everyone knows is incredibly well off. That is true. He chose and by he chose his publicist and his communications team, you're going to drive a truck. You're going to drive an old 90s Chevy truck. So I'm in this Chevy truck with him and his alienating the ford contingent i know which i was like gosh come on guys could we go with something no anyway he tells us this funny story and i think it's worth repeating because it was good times and it's when i i was you know fawning over him who's just a great politician at the time at the time at his prime um but he said uh he was just you know you're always trying to get a bit from one of these guys that they wouldn't tell over the air or something even though they know it'll eventually get out so i'm just glad i was a part of it and he said okay we we were on this beach in france a while ago and um we were i was just laying you know belly down in the sand my wife right next to me and then my wife taps on my shoulder uh, as i was napping and I, he looks up and there was a woman completely <laughs> nude <laughs> from head to toe. And he, she, you know, looked at him for a second, then she walked away. And then Mitt looks over at his wife and he's like, what'd you wake me up for? And she's like, I thought you'd like to see. <laughs> oh, I'm like, God bless Ann Romney. <laughs> anyway, I was just like, she's wow. a sassy one. She's sassy, but it was just, it was just funny. So, it's sad to tell that story now because 
you know. Oh no, Ashton, you've fallen within I, with all I'm, of them. I'm within the Davis County Beltway. You're on you the just, Trump train now. Well, I'm on the baby? Trump train, baby. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Which will be a great contrast because next week we're going to have on one of our most ardently probably not Trump train Utah hosts. So it'll be it's it'll be Steve? a great contrast. Is it Steve? No. Oh. Steve. <laughs> no, it's not Steve. I just remember because we used to be home teaching companions. Yeah, yeah. And and he hated Jason. Uh but Chaffetz? Chaffetz, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was at the time. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. He'd always yeah, like tell me how awful my boss was. I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Dude, you would tell me how awful your boss was. I know. I <laughs> but I didn't for, know for, him like I knew you. Even though we taught together, like yeah, he wouldn't. And, and for context, everybody, just so, so Ashton and I met out here in D.C. We used to be in the same ward together um, many years ago now. It's been a while, but we were on the same ward together. And uh, you were even – I actually straight up I was forgot one, until like yesterday that you were one of my counselors. I was one of your counselors for like a couple months until they redistricted. Yeah, then we got gerrymandered, gerrymandered, we got gerrymandered out. That was a sad day. A, a tale that's been told many times on this show, so I won't I – won't, bore everybody with it. Ugh. Well, I'm glad exciting stuff is happening. By the way, by way of Utah news, you heard last week uh, that Utah has been pushing a bill to decriminalize polygamy. Uh, the sisters talked about it quite a bit. Uh, Tiffany, being the lawyer, had a good grasp on everything that was going on there, but it actually made it through the Senate. The Senate voted unanimously to decriminalize polygamy among consenting adults. And, and as a reminder, decriminalization is not the same as legalization. Okay, remember that? So decriminalization, it reduces the it reduces it to an infraction, a misdemeanor of sorts where you pay a fine. And that's basically it. So the fines would be limited to up to $750 and community service. Um, and pass with flying colors, it looks like. Yes. So as a reminder, uh, as they call it, quote, fraudulent bigamy in which an individual obtains licenses to marry more than one person without their knowledge or seeks to wed someone underage without her consent remains a felony. So that's still a thing. But so- now – you. Is this a federal? Uh, so this is Utah, right? But what is this? Is this is what's Utah. the rest of the U- what does the rest of the U.S. say? On, I mean, you can't you can't legally I'm gonna marry. Ta- I'm going to take a shot in the dark and assume that the rest of the U.S. completely criminalizes polygamy. Right, in Utah doing doing the good work in terms of optics for the Latter Day Saint people. Yeah, is making Love it them. more friendly towards polygamy, which is going to help with all the people who think that's what we do anyway. So, <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> <clears throat> So I guess that's happening in Utah now. I assume it has to go to Governor Herbert, but I'm assuming he's going to sign it too. And yeah, I mean the whole it looks like yeah, Republican controlled Senate 29 to zero. This was inevitable, folks. I mean once you once you uh, legalize same sex marriage, I feel like this is a bit different because again haven't legalized polygamy, but once you legalize something like same sex marriage, it becomes increasingly difficult to make an argument to criminalize. Oh, Other everything. forms of marriage, yeah. right? I mean, I, I thought from a strictly, I've always, we understand what the church believes in terms of same-sex marriage, and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that evolving uh, because of the new handbook. Um, but from a strictly legal standpoint, I always felt like it was it was a weak argument to ban same-sex marriage, right? And so now it's the law of the land because of the Supreme Court. And uh, I, I find that, and that actually, was what Judge Shelby, who kind of it was Utah, who kind of went first, wasn't it? On that, no, 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 Utah wasn't the first one. To do uh, okay, so Massachusetts, 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 state. yeah, 
But then it became a federal law uh, in 2015, I want to say it was the year when the Supreme Court ruled on it that there was no right to deny marriage because of uh, gender orientation, sexual orientation. So anyways, point is, it's hard to argue. Why can't if polygamy is between completely consenting people who are all competent yeah. and of sound mind? And that's to say, where it gets dicier and dicier. Yeah, so good job, Utah. Congratulations. I'm going to throw one other quick Utah story at you because it's where I don't live. Um, this is, I think it's kind of funny. Did you go to BYU? I did go to BYU. Oh, so I could geez. talk about this because I went oh, to BYU. Geez. Okay. So I feel bad for this kid. Spencer Taylor, a 19 year old, uh, was arrested on one count of burglary, which is a third degree felony, uh, for using underground tunnels at BYU to break into the school and steal food. Secret tunnels. There's a network of tunnels under BYU, and he's apparently was staying in Helaman Halls, but there's a culinary support center on BYU's campus, which uh, for context, everyone, if you know where, it's basically right next to Heritage Halls, the newer buildings, if you know where those are, um, kind of by the BYU Conference Center, BYU Broadcasting, it's near all that stuff, Marriott Center Annex, that side of things. Helaman Halls, of course, is down the hill a little bit. So apparently there are tunnels. Connecting all that. Yeah. So it sounds like Utah is just a series of massive underground tunnels. I mean, it makes sense because I'm assuming with the Marriott Center right there, you know there's a network of tunnels connecting the Marriott Center to the rest well, of the how did he? How did he get it to it? Did he just stumble on it in, in his dorm room? He was like, this door is always locked and no one really checks it. I want to One day it was just room. creaked open and the light was spewing forth and some music. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. So, so the way they found him um, – An employee at the Culinary Center ran into Mr. Taylor, who was wearing a black mask and black clothing. uh, A black mask? Yeah, he was was doing full balaclava. He's ready. Um, And then he just ran away. He kept on his – was he wearing a BYU hoodie when he did it, just cinched up around in the eyes? No, but he got caught because security cameras caught him holding a food item in his hand. And then returning to the tunnels after he was caught. Like they clearly saw him coming. And they also caught him going out of his on-campus residence. Heritage Halls, Building 15. Um, Basically, he needed food. Legend, man. Did he steal Pop-Tarts and Sunny D? I mean, it's fun to laugh about this. But part of me wonders if it was like, like, did the dude straight up not have money? to? Because when you're a freshman, if you're living in the dorms, you're on the food plan generally speaking out i don't know if it's a requirement um i just hope he wasn't like poor and starving and felt driven to the point of sneaking around trying to just steal food maybe he maybe it's not that maybe he just had plenty of food and he was just straight up just stealing random food from the culinary center because i don't know but hot times are happening in provo that is intense the secret tunnels i wish see this is if we had a video if we were on youtube we could show that clip from nacho libre Secret Tunnels. An overrated film. What? I've only seen Nacho Jack Libre. Black. Oh. Everyone loved it and I was I saw it and I said, okay, it's fine. Jared Hess's second Yeah. He, Jared Hess's films have declined in quality. Wow. Did he do on. Blades of Glory? No. No, that was just John Heater was just John Heater. Just John okay. Heater did that. Oh man, speaking of kids in BYU. So John Heater's brother in law's in my ward, so He is? You know. I bet he gets questions. Hey, is your brother oh, in Napoleon Diamond? I don't know. Oh. I don't think anybody. I only, long story, I only know this because 
his brother-in-law's dad is actually childhood friends with my mom. It's a very weird world I live in right now. That's All by the pe- Idaho connection then. I'm from California. Are they, are, wait, what? All those people are from Idaho. It's all just weird coincidences. My mom grew up in Orange County and was friends with the person who grew up to happen to become the man who fathered the girl who married John Heater. It's a very, who knew? Interesting. I know. I always feel bad. You know, like, I just remember the one thing I felt when I worked in D.C. It's like, these people, by these people, a lot of the congressmen, senators, they get, whenever they're out in public, if anyone cares, they're bothered. Hey, you know, I just remember I saw... There was one time I saw Ted Cruz getting on a plane and I was like two seats behind him, but I'm walking into the airplane with him. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk to anyone because heaven forbid, if I was ever in that situation, I would just want to be left the heck alone. And so, or, or if there were a relative of someone very famous, it's like the last question, you know, John Heater's brother wants to be asked is what's it like being the brother of. Napoleon Dynamite. Well, it's even worse for him because John he- John Heater's a twin. He has an identical twin. They're brother. twins. I didn't know they yeah. were twins. That's oh yeah, interesting. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, moving along. So, uh, in the Salt Lake Tribune, Utah's finest source of <laughs> truth. Oh, it, it's in many different. <laughs> lo- I could find all kinds oh, of fake gosh. news media covering this story. Don't like, worry. if you were to compare it to, you know. Countrywide, it'd be like the Huff. It would be like it'd be lower than HuffPo. It would be like BuzzFeed in terms of news source. But I digress. BYU, I just, the, the, the trip won a Pulitzer, by the way, for exposing the BYU sexual assault cases and forcing reform. But sure, you can call it the BuzzFeed. Yeah, they're the BuzzFeed. Uh, the I'll BuzzFeed give, I'll give, of, well, BuzzFeed every once in a while has an interesting article that has a little bit of substance to it. But No, the, the BuzzFeed of, of Mormondom is uh, third hour. That's the BuzzFeed. Oh, third hour. I don't even know about third hour. You should, Look at me. That's I'm the so BuzzFeed. disconnected. The Trib is like Vice. Jeez. Vice, yeah, or now this. No, they're not now this. I'll, I'll say the trip is vice. The trip is vice media for Mormonism. Oh, gosh. I get those on Facebook anyway, all the time. Continue. All right. Uh, BYU students celebrate a school removes homosexual behavior, in quotations, section from its online honor code. So this is really interesting because I stumbled on this before um, Jeff and I looked at talking points and things we we're going to be talking about story-wise. And just because on my ins- – I rarely get on Twitter, to be honest – I rarely get on Twitter just because people argue all the time. And most of the people I follow are from the, you know, my DC days where I was like, I'm going to follow all these people. So everything on my feed is pretty political. Um, But then this popped up of two women kissing in front of the Brigham Young statue. Is that the name? Is that what they call it? The namesake statue? I don't know. It's just the statue of Brigham Young. Brigham Young statue. It has a name. I don't know. (laughs) Gosh, well. I thought you'd know because you went to BYU. Oh, were you a BYUI guy? No, I went to BYU Provo. But you know how rarely I walked over <laughs> by that statue? Everyone just walks around the statue. Every every. I was a poli sci major, man. I was all Ooh, I was all in like South. I was all about the southeast corner of campus. That's where I hung out. So See, I was law and constitutional studies. Oof. Sounds really? much sexier. I yeah, it was, actually it was literally poli sci or something. No, it was literally exact. Is it was then how, are you, then how are you so ignorant? I don't understand. Is, ah. Well, ignorance is a choice and I choose. <laughs> okay. I choose. Um, but no, I was law and constitutional studies, which was the exact same as political okay. science. But I just thought, oh, this might make me look cooler. The girls might like me more. 
I was wrong. But moving on. So oh, that's all. You, that's all you have to say about that's that. That's all I have to say about that. No, no, no. It's I have. A, I, it's I, a big I, deal, I just though. thought I saw it, and I was like, okay, I I wanted to investigate because I was like, okay, that's interesting. And apparently, it went from gosh, I, should, I don't know what it went from exactly, what the previous version was, but it. Oh, I, it said okay, anyone uh, displaying homosexual behavior. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that, right? Um, so they just took out the words homosexual behavior. And so, uh, you know, any students on campus are like, sweet, this is my time to shine. This is my Twitter famous moment. I'm going to go and take it full advantage of this. Because well, I mean, it- the heart of it, right? You know, you kind of look at it, you go, okay, the heart of it is no one's allowed to actually engage in public displays of affection on campus, right? So, Boys and girls can't go making out anywhere. So that's still the same. But there was this moment of, oh, we want to show that things have changed. And and from what I read, someone said a friend of a former BYU grad talked to someone in the office and said, yeah, you can kiss and hold hands. Yeah. And so, and, and the school hasn't commented on anything. They're just like, we're going to take this on an in- individual Based, uh, case by case. Uh, well, it makes sense because you still can't be – still can't have sexy times because you can't yeah. do that if you're straight or gay. Yeah. Um, and it is pretty interesting that it got nixed. So there's a great little side-by-side comparison here of the honor code. Other than changing some of the language so it no longer says LDS, but now it says like Latter-day Saint students. Yeah. Um, this whole section about homosexual behavior is just nixed. Like it just skips from – you know, it says violations of the honor code can result in separation from the university. And then instead of the whole section about homosexual behavior gone, and it just jumped straight to dress and grooming standards, which unfortunately they did not update to allow beards. But nope, no beards, dang it. No. I've also, I also, I also saw a headline today that said that men, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, have encouraged men to shave their beards to help not spread coronavirus. I don't know how true that is. That is so true. All the people that I know who have coronavirus, yeah, mustaches, beards, chops, all that. I assume <laughs> that's so, interesting. Well, they said also in that. Oh, I guess this is in the handbook section, not in this. What's up? But that's the uh, white shirts aren't like push anymore. Or, or, or it didn't say encourage white shirts. It was just like. Yeah, you, you probably know a better segue to that was, than I do. So let's talk about this. So the other big thing, it's funny because the BYU change basically happened the same day as the new handbook that came out a week ago. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The The church announced they were going to get rid of handbooks one and two and give us a new general handbook of instruction open to all. Previously, handbook one was restricted to those in certain leadership callings and everyone had access to handbook two. Now it's all there. And so... Um, and as a reminder, by the way, there's only eight new chapters right now. So a lot of the content from the previous handbooks has just been ported over into the new one and will be updated o- over the next couple of years. Uh, but this being the case, I want to give a shout out to the Leading Saints community, which is full of great and brilliant people, uh, because Kurt spearheaded a great effort there to just open up a Google Doc and say, everybody, let's just throw in here what's new in the handbook and what's changed, right? And it's just yeah. a working document. It makes perfect sense. But this is such a useful resource now. I've bookmarked it and I'm just like looking. I keep looking it up now, even for my calling, all sorts of stuff, just to see what's new. 
it helped me literally in bishopric meeting just this past week be able to talk to the bishopric about stuff that had changed so one thing you mentioned the white shirt thing right yeah um under priesthood ordinances and blessings uh in 18.9.3 they have removed a sentence that said um that ties and white shirts are recommended because they add the to the dignity of the ordinance that's been removed it hasn't gone out and said wear whatever you want but there seems to be less emphasis on this. And now that's int- that's also slightly interesting. This is purely anecdotal, but I've I've heard mutterings from some sources that there will still be forthcoming, quote, changes to missionary dress. I hmm. don't know if that means they're going to let missionaries wear like colored shirts, which would be a huge style yeah. shift for us. Um, but this could be the step forward. I mean, we've seen the church do this over the yeah. past couple of years. You know, they let women start wearing pants. A couple of years ago, they let men who just, if you just work for the church, you could, didn't have to wear a white shirt. You could wear yeah. nice looking patterned shirts and whatever it may be. Well, I just remember That's growing up in, uh, I remember growing up when we'd pass the sacrament, it's like, if you didn't wear a white shirt, you couldn't, at least that was yeah. my bishop's rule. So it's like, yeah, if you didn't. And then I remember the same, uh, another war that my, my a friend of mine who was, um, in, in in his ward, if they had long hair, they couldn't pass, which was interesting just because I think, I mean, not that I ever would want to be a bishop because yeah, that level no. of, but it's just like, in my opinion, heaven's sakes, if you have a worthy ironic priesthood holder, let that kid pass. You know, that's only going to, in my opinion, that's only going to help him grow. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, obviously if he's going about it and look at what I'm wearing, you know, cause I remember a uh, kid that I grew up with, he was like, I mean, like super crazy, long green hair. And, but it was a rebellion thing from him. He didn't care, <laughs> you know, like, but it's like these other kids, they just had longer hair. Cause it was cool in high school. Heck, yeah, I even yeah. had some sweet hair. Stop. Um, <laughs> you did not. I did not. I had a bowl cut. It was pretty awful. Um, but yeah, I was just like, man, the white shirt thing. I I understand. I get that from missionaries, um, particularly just because it's such it's such a uniform of the church because it's constantly in the public. And so I think for an identifying for identifying purposes, I don't think that will change. Um, and if it does. I think it would be solid colors only and not black. Um, I want everyone walking around in black shirts. <laughs> just because. Red, black shirts with red ties. They're like maroon, yes. Yellow, yes. No, but I, I don't see that changing for missionaries just because I think it's such an identifier. I don't um, know about solid colors though. I think if anything, they would say it still has to be lighter colors that could have patterns. Like Personally, yeah. I feel like if you've got a nice like gingham or sl- slightly checked shirt that's still kind of white with some lines and stuff. I think that looks classier than and a dark a solid maroon. blue a solid blue <laughs> shirt. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I doubt they'll ever change that. You can you can use that sound bite in ten years when they're like, yeah, gingham and Paisley only. Exactly. For missionaries. Um, a couple of other things though. Some things worth mentioning though in the handbook. There's a whole grab bag of stuff here. So uh things that stuck out to me. Members um, asked if it, if there's anything that well yeah what's the, I just go ahead, what's I just one? I like that one I thought it was really interesting what? regarding the sacrament it said members yes. partake with their right hand when possible which I was interested in just because I remember when it was like okay we're sustain, sustaining members um, it was by the right hand right and then I don't remember if my memory serves well it was like it doesn't matter which hand you use 
right? Because before it was like, oh, you must use the right hand. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you do it wrong. It just doesn't count or something. Um, But because they used to say manifest by the right hand, right? Now they just say, please manifest. So I thought this was kind of interesting just because I never, I was never told to take the sacrament with either hand. It was just, yeah, you just take the sacrament. So it says members partake with the right hand when possible. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's actually specifying. That's almost clarifying. it. That's something that's been almost cultural for so long. And saying no, see, that's so doesn't. funny. I, I see. I never, I never knew that. I was never taught that. Um, another one in that same vein, settling years of debate about blessing babies. Ooh, yeah, this is interesting. I've always, in my whole life, I saw people would address Heavenly Father, give the baby a name, and then pivot to then addressing the child until the end, like as a blessing, right? Yeah. But I've seen some who get up there and address Heavenly Father and then for the remainder of it are still talking to Heavenly Father sort of on behalf of the baby. And there's been debate about this. Which one do you do? You know, do you, is it weird that you're addressing Heavenly Father and then you just pivot mid ordinance and talk to somebody else? But the handbook says address the child. That's what it says. So that's settled that one. When you're blessing a baby, yes, we address bless you with this. We bless you with this. Yes. Talk to the kid directly. It's a blessing. For the kid, not asking Heavenly Father to bless the kid, but blessing the kid uh, directly. Almost as if you were performing a a blessing of healing or comfort for someone else in that same yeah, no manner. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> I've seen so many baby blessings and I haven't seen them go the other way. Uh, they're usually like this, just where they're addressing the child. The interesting thing for me, after seeing so many baby blessings, and it caused me great fear when I went to bless our, our second child, which uh, was how prophetic some of those blessings get <laughs> in terms, you know, from the parents, because the parents love their child, right? And, and they want to bless their child with everything. But I, I was in the most inappropriate child blessing just a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Where it, it went on for about literally, and I'm using the word literally correctly, 20 minutes wow. long. Yeah. 20 minutes of this borderline patriarchal level blessing where it's just like, ooh, that's not, you can't say that. And so, it, you know, it's always interesting to go to different wards and go to different, I mean, just like going to church in Brazil and going to church in a college setting. And there's yeah. so many things that are the same. It's so interesting to see how many people, you know, express themselves different way, in different ways. But it was just, it was really, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. 20 minutes. Um, one thing we haven't even gotten into, a couple core areas, the things that have stuck out to a lot of people. One, the term excommunication is also gone. Uh, now it's called restricting or withdrawing a person's membership. Ooh, okay. Right. Um, so, so that's what we call it now. We don't call it excommunication anymore. That's what it's called. And also the, the formerly, you know, disciplinary councils are now called member councils, I believe, if I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and it doesn't have to involve the whole high council, for example. If they're in situations like this, it could be just the bishop and some people. And if it moves up, it could be just the stake president and maybe his counselors. Uh, it's not going to – they're basically abandoning the giant tribunal approach to this. It's funny because this is a healthy step in general. But I heard yeah. some people say straight up like, I think we should just get rid of excommunication altogether. Yeah, it's really but, smart. 
smart like, term too, just because the word excommunication carries so much weight with it too. It sounds it, so negative. It yeah. sounds so negative. It sounds like you have a giant, you know, well, and your names are blotted out on the records of the church, so to speak. I always had this image in my mind of like some angel going, you know, it's like, oh, geez. Um, so using the word restricted, that's really interesting. Or withdrawal, just because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, when you're ex, it's because the church says you're done. You can never, and it's never, you know, it's rarely that. I mean, the few things that I know that will get you now restricted, the quickest one is uh, misuse of church funds, Um, which is, you know, so man, you think of people who have the most trust in the ward in terms of callings, it's the clerk, it's the clerk and the bishop, just because those, as far as I know, I haven't served in as a clerk or anything like that, but I know they're in charge of all those things. And when I, when I was on my mission, one of the persons that we were teaching, he was at the time excommunicated, right? And mm-hmm. he wanted to go back, but he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't go through the process. Um, and I, th- I honestly think a part of that feeling is from that term excommunicated. It's like, you're done where I love the term restricted or withdrawal just because it's like, yeah, I'm no longer a member. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be a part of that. And so then it, kind of shifts responsibility to from just being the church decides who, who will stay and who will go. Um, and it makes it a little bit more of a, yeah, you know, I'm personally invested in this or I'm not. And I'm, and I, and I also think this is just my mind working in terms of words, but it's kind of a Catholic way of speaking in general, because we don't really typically talk about members being in full communion with mm. the church, right? Yeah. That's just not part of our language. You're usually, you're a member in good standing or a member in full fellowship, all those sorts of things. Have been thrown you're active out. or you're inactive. Or, yeah, that's typically how we that's use it. Awesome. So it even, yeah. we've never even regarded people as being in communion or not. So it is interesting that we've even used the term excommunicated in the first place. Yeah. It, it means what it means. I get it, right? But right. Um, so why not walk away from it entirely? Uh, the other big thing that was added, though, of course, was a lot of clarification about transgender issues. A lot of lot of content devoted to this for persons who identify as transgender and what it means for them in the church. Um, can they be baptized? Can they go to the temple? I, I won't bore you with every little detail of it here, uh, but it does say members who have surgically or socially transitioned may not receive a temple recommend. Uh, you could, you can still be baptized potentially depending on where you're at with that, whether you just identify as transgender, uh, or whether you're going to undergo actual procedures to do that, uh, that could involve a mission president or the first presidency, uh, to approve a baptism, uh, in those senses. So a lot of content there, but it's in section 38.2, uh, but a whole lot of content there about that issue, which is very interesting. I think the church, of course, but people are going to say, oh, well, transgender Latter-day Saints are being denied something. But it also stresses that if if you haven't undergone, I believe, like any elective surgery and you were to go to the temple, and I hope I'm not misstating this, you would still need to participate in the ordinances based on your birth gender. So. Mm-hmm. So, but I assume that only means if you haven't undergone anything. So you could be a man who's still anatomically a man, but you identify as a woman. But if you go to the temple, you have to do the male side of things. If that, if you're mm-hmm. there, that's my understanding. Which, of course, what's the appeal there? I would assume because if you identify as a woman, why would you want to be doing it all? You know, as yeah. a man and for a man. Um, so I think that's 
Because transgender individuals can be baptized, confirmed, take the sacrament, receive priesthood blessings. Um, yeah, you can receive all these things as long as you're not pursuing, quote, medical, surg- surgical, or social transition. Basically, um, you're not you're not trying to act on those. Yeah, yeah. It's bas- it basically seems the door is open to you if you might identify as the other gender, but you've taken no further steps yeah. to embrace that identity, especially to physically manifest it. Yeah. In any way, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Just because there's, I mean, I remember about ten years ago when someone said they were, they came out as gay, right? A lot of people, at least in Utah, is like, oh, they must be acting on it, right? And and the whole feeling was just, we don't want any of that, right? We don't want any of that. But the fact is, it's like, I have very close friends who are homosexual, and they choose to to forego those urges and those desires and they seek to still attend the church they they pay their tithing they go to the temple and i think that's the same thing that's applying to these new transgender policies it's like yeah if you have this if you're not if you're not going after it and and indulging in everything that implies then of course you know that's why it's i, I want to look at this this link at the bottom that says new transgender website there's a um, website that the church has love, inclusion, and respect for all of God's children. And it's really interesting just because as I was reading this portion throughout the week, I went through a couple of Elder Oaks's talks because he always touches on these points and he does such a wonderful job of of showing that it is about love, inclusion, and respect um, for all of God's children and that the... the God has laws. And just because the world changes, these rules will not change, but it's also important to understand that we do not want to ostracize or push away any of God's children. So it has two tabs on the page. It's just churchofjesuschrist.org slash topics slash transgender. And it has two tabs, understanding and supporting. So that's worth checking out. There you go. Cool. Interesting. Let's see. Come on, Ashton. What'll speak Boys, to your heart? Boy Scouts file for chapter 11. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love it. Here's why. <laughs> I, love, I love it. <laughs> this is the day I'm waiting for. This is the for. day, man. This is the day I get to say I told you so because I remember being 18 and, or no, I was 17. I was about to turn 18 in like five months or something. And the second counselor was like, what can we do to help you get your eagle. And I'm like, and I remember just because I've always been kind of brutish or confident, whichever. Um, I was like, I have no intention, nor have I ever, on getting my Boy Scout. <laughs> what was it? Because I remember in in, in uh, what's what's the Scouts before Boy Scouts? Cub Scouts. In Cub Scouts, it's like you just yes, get the Cub arrow. Scouts. Thank you. <laughs> By default, you get your arrow of light. I remember going, I didn't, I don't remember doing anything for this. And then they had, you know, my, you have your award ceremony where they have you walk towards the arrow of light. I remember several other uh, kids my age when they got the arrow of light, it was like a big celebration. They had like, they had an Indian, uh, Native American man in, in all of his clothing come in. It was like this big thing. And that's because that kid really worked hard for that. Um, and then when it was my turn to get my arrow of light, it was just like, Hey, walk towards the arrow of light. Here it is. All right, sit down. 
<laughs> and so it wasn't, it was, I was like, okay, yeah, I do this. But I remember here, here's my thing about scouts. Uh-huh. Yes. The, the thing. Let me tell you. Tell me, tell the me more. Thing. Scouts is a great program. I see the reason why it was created. It's always good to keep youth busy working on something. If it, it's it's better than nothing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There, it's always be it's always better to be part of a club, an organization, or a sports team after hours. And that is that is a, a huge thing where, where it's not 100 on the church to entertain children after school in all these projects. I think that was great at the time. I was involved in student body government, basketball, and I just didn't have time for it, nor did I have any desire to get a part of it. And I was like, the moment when they brought in, okay, policies are changing that obviously conflicted with the church. I'm like, the church will say goodbye. And they did. And I still had to teach the Boy Scouts, because that was my calling here, for like nine months. And none of the kids showed up because their parents knew it was done. They weren't like, I wasn't going to get them their, what's the Boy Scout? end all be all award. It's called the Eagle Scout. The Eagle Scout. You're an idiot. Come on. What's wrong? <laughs> I was a what, Tenderfoot, Heart, Star? I don't remember. I had it I don't all. know. Apparently you were another you were a I, I didn't class. care. I, I just did not care. And I was just so when I'm teaching all these kids, I'm like, yeah, they're never gonna they're never gonna finish. And so the parents stopped caring and then I was like, I guarantee they don't they don't even have cookies, man. They don't have the cookies. They should have cookies. They should have cookies. Well, now children and youth has replaced all of it, so you should be so happy. Now it's Gonzo. My word was a scramble instead. We were one of the ones where every, all these people are like, oh, God, get your eagles. So we had like seven eagle projects this fall just going and going. Jeez. And, going. and I, I was just like- I remember everyone saying, I was like, because I remember asking, why do I want my eagle? And they said, It'll, it shows employers that you're ready, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not going to put that on my, I would never put that on my resume. Anyone who does. Yeah. I mean, it might have meant something. I think at that age, I might have put it on a resume when I was just getting, you know, a random job. I think 30 years ago, it meant something. I think 30 years ago, maybe no, even more, like 40 or 50 years ago, I think it meant, oh, this kid's willing to work after hours or, well, or I mean, whatever. This, kid, this, this kid's got his stuff together. Together. Right. I'm going to put it on my resume now. Well, it's funny just because my brother's a recruiter for this large tech company in Lehigh, like everyone else. And it works for Adobe. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Clearlink or something. I don't know. But he's like, yeah, anytime some kid puts Boy Scout or Eagle Scout, it's like, don't even waste the paper space, man. Like, this is yeah, not, it's yeah. like every missionary putting on, yeah. I uh, did two years of community uh, ecclesiastical. Tr- just trying to say <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite one. It's always like, I remember I went to um, Humanitarian. Gosh, so- so when I first moved, when I moved to DC, I did it just kind of not on a lark, but like I'd been laid off from a job in California, which a job I didn't like anyway. I was kind of glad, you know, to be yeah. done with it. I always wanted to come to DC and I just kind of needed a nudge and I was like, all right, we're going to do this then. So I moved out here with no job and DC, as you know, this is the same in a lot of places, but DC is very heavily a town where you succeed based on who you know, like you, you have to build your network and that's how you get stuff <clears throat> that works anywhere, but it's like. It's all about relationships in the DC job market. So it took a while for me to learn, you know, so sending my resume out left and right and da, 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 didn't yield a lot of results. So I went to one of these resume workshops uh, run by the church out of the, the employment 
office, you know, the, the mission. interesting. <laughs> so I went out there to the one to do that for like a morning, you know, where you could work on my resume. And I, I, I hate it because the, the, the most cynical parts of me are manifest during this process. Right. Because it's all the stuff like, okay, you don't want to put that you were a missionary, but you want to put that you worked in like a diverse situation, teaching abstract concepts. Like here's the adjectives you need to use. (laughs) And I was like, all right, man, I'll do this. The funny thing is over time, I learned this, especially somewhere like DC where there's tons of Latter-day Saints in the federal government. I was like, no, dude, just put your a Mormon. Like people say, cool, we can trust the Mormon. Oh, we got him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Don't be all like, well, I did this service. I just remember cracking up with what they did to my resume. And then the best part at the end was like, then we're going to print up your leads. And the leads were literally... They asked us for some keywords of what we were looking to do. And they basically went on like Indeed or whatever it was back then and just typed in some keywords and then printed up the results and said, here's your hot leads. And I was like, you guys are not. These are people that we saw online that are looking for. No, no, this is what I think. I think the churches, their employment services, I think are really useful um, in certain areas and markets, but I think it's borderline useless for a lot of white collar jobs. Yeah. I don't think you make a lot of headway there. I think it serves a great role for a lot of other people who need help and a leg up. And that's way more important. Like, woe is me, my problems just trying to get yeah. a job in DC versus people who are struggling a lot more. Right. Yeah. But, um, I will, I've, I've just about, I'm like, I'm ne- I was like, I'm never going back here though. This was, and it was, it's way out in Upper Marlboro too. It takes well, forever I, to get out. And I totally agree with the whole, just, just say you're Mormon, right? I mean, there's, there's I remember going to, um, I mean, they had little um, get togethers all, all the time, but there was one where it's like, okay, um, Elder Raz, Razban, my gosh. Yes, that's the name of one of our apologies. That's the name of one of the 12. Yeah, yes. Thank you. <laughs> there was one other that was brand new at the time. It was Elder Razban and who else? I can't remember. Anyway, they they had a we were going to speak on Capitol Hill in the Capitol building, and I went and the whole auditorium where he was speaking was chock full of all these. You know, not all of them, but the grand majority of them were members of the church. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's you know, it was at that moment I was like, wow, we have a presence. I mean, this these are just. This is just on, on Capitol Hill, and it was only announced like a week prior, so it wasn't like, oh, this is this, this wasn't uh, this wasn't beyond BYU, was it? Mm-mm. No, that's a great event. I wish they'd bring it back. Anyway, continue. No, but it, it, it was really interesting. He spoke, and then it was. I don't think Orrin. I think Orrin Hatch was there. I can't remember. Probably not. Well, well that's a way to bring bring a room down. <laughs> bring a room down. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think he had more important things to attend to. Um, but yeah, uh, there's. We're strong out here. Like I get it if you're like applying it was for just, a job. It was just interesting just because in my – you know, I went there and my uncle's like, yeah, there's, there's quite a scene here. And I'm just like thinking, okay, maybe like a small refreshment room full of people drinking water going, yeah, you LDS? Yeah, me too. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was surprising to see how many people. So it's like, yeah, um, it's much better to be specific. Just say that's who, it, who I am. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back then, you could say Mormon and you'd be Look, okay. obviously, like if you're looking for a job in Jackson County, Missouri today, if you want to live in the independence area, maybe don't say it there or go the other way completely and say that you're like a modern day Danite. That would be excellent. Danite. Really see what you can get out of it. So, <laughs> oh man. Time. I don't know how we got to, the to next this bit. Boy. This was Boy Scouts. Oh, what's our next bit? I was trying to make a clever transition uh, to our next article from the Daily Herald. Study finds benefits to befriending Latter-day Saint students. 
Really interesting. It says, non-Latter-day Saint students who befriended a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day Saints. My goodness, my slurring from all my drinking. Obviously, yeah. Are more likely to be appreciative of all of people of all worldviews according to results of a new study. 51% of students who gained a close Latter-day Saint friend in college were highly appreciative of all worldviews. I think that's because they get to know, oh man, you know, from an outside perspective of what we believe and what we practice has to be, I, I think would be interesting or in our yeah, yeah. church vernacular, peculiar, um, you know, the, the, the garments, the temple, uh, baptisms for the dead. I remember most, I mean, I feel like a lot of even Catholic people don't realize, yeah, they, they do the same thing. I just not on the scale that, uh, the church does, but that's interesting. It says what 10% points higher than those who hadn't gained one. Huh? 10% you say. So yeah. tithing is basically a tithing. It's a tithe. It's a one for one on your tithing payment. That's what we're learning here. Yeah. We do believe learning happens when peers are interacting with diverse peers, said Matthew Mayhew. Interesting. Well, fabulous. Um, Speaking of knowing Latter-day Saint college students, apparently Provo, Utah, home of BYU, has made a, has made the headlines, according to LDS Living, for being the number one best area for dating in the United States. This is from apartmentlist.com. Apartmentlist. You know, it's, it's that famous peer-reviewed journal. It's that hotbed for good... Apartment List surveyed over 11,000 single renters across the United States and asked them questions like, how would you rate your current city or neighborhood for opportunities to date? Provo was the top of the list. Nearly half of the respondents, 47.5%, said they were satisfied with the Provo dating scene. Does that imply that over half said they were dissatisfied with the Provo dating scene? I don't know how much of a spectrum we have here. Yeah, what satisfied, were the like, Very like? satisfied, but... Because if that actually means that, that means that literally a majority would be dissatisfied <laughs> with, with the dating scene pr- with in Provo. Provo. So I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Um, but yeah, apparently, so Provo is just where the business is. You know, why not? Uh, I don't agree with this, really. But here we are. Here are the other. The other ones are very interesting. Okay, Richmond, Virginia is number two. Really? Well, you know, VCU is there. Cool. Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Knoxville, Tennessee. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of course, because Pittsburgh is one of the best. What do you think the the common denominator is in these locations? Nothing. Denver, Colorado. It's not college town. I mean, Richmond? No, Richmond's got VCU. But yeah, but like, yeah, that's true. And all that hot state government action, you know. That's right. You know, Bridgeport, and all the, all, Knoxville, the, all those people coming up from Petersboro too. the hot Petersboro scene coming up to Richmond. So I don't know. LDS living. I, I, I'll be frank. I want to be a writer for LDS living. You guys should use me and I will bring a level of attitude that you've heretofore not seen Ooh. in your publications. Cause I would instead write this article and make fun of everything. Next level. As we should do. Yeah. So good job. Well, that kind of leads into, um, Dating apps. I remember in my time, I I was part of the little Tinder wave. I was at the very beginning of Tinder. 
I miss Tinder. You missed it. You were, I thought it would have been fun. My um, it was. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. But, but mutual, the the Mormon version of it. I was not uh, there for mutual. I have sat there next to like my single sister, and we've watched her swipe mutual. It's very fun because my oh. wife and I missed all this stuff, so it's it's hilarious to see. I have the worst mutual story, and if it's inappropriate, you can take it off. Here I go. We don't censor a lot here, but okay, we'll okay. see. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, buddy of mine finally got married. Uh, we were roommates in college. He was just really timid, quiet, but very clever, very funny um, kid, but he just wouldn't go out and meet girls. Met this girl on Mutual. This wasn't his wife. This is literally the woman he met before his wife. They match. She texts him or she messages him on the app, Nickmo, you know, N-I-C-M-O, and non-committal makeout non-committal makeout right and so he's just like he he's not that kind of guy which is really funny because i would have been i was pretty awful um (laughs) but he's just like so he's trying to reprove this girl in a in a clever way so he he responds uh f for the strength of youth each of those letters to make an acronym that acronym means something very, very, very different <laughs> from what he implied. And he's like, wait, I don't know if that's another acronym. He Google searched it and it was pretty awful and he killed the app. <laughs> and then a couple months later, he got the app, met his wife, and they're married. So he met his wife on the app. He did, but it was not that yeah. that woman, the previous woman. For the strength of youth. This woman sounds ideal. I mean, she's just she she was aggressive. She knew what she wanted. She she knew what she wanted. She was there. She's now she is your engaged. cousin. Is your cousin a weirdo? I mean, he's straight up trying to no, act just on just a friend. for the for the strength of this is just your friend, just a friend, just a friend. I'm distancing. Should that myself. person be? Should that person still be your friend? After I think this so. Here's the thing. I think this this I kid. Think, I think this is failure. This is absolute failure. I think he was perfect. I believe. I truly believe. He benefited immensely from being able to meet online just because it's not the same like it used to be. And if you don't have that really, I got to go meet people and go out and be, I hated that. Heck, I remember they were like, my roommates are like, you need to get out and do more. It's like, I do guys. Like I do. And they're like, we need to come. You need to come with this dancing. It's like, that's the last thing I ever want to do ever. And I still don't understand why the church would have mutual nights where it's a dance night. It's like, no one's going to dance. We don't dance anymore. That was like a hundred years ago. No one dances. We all just feel awkward. Anyway, ended up trying to dance with this girl. She's like, I'll show you the moves. You do this. And then you flip me over your, your back. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I've never done that before. Why would I do that with you now? She insisted that I could do it. I couldn't. She fell. She hurt her back and left. And I have never danced since. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, sorry. I'm, 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 I, so the uh, the <clears throat> it's from Deseret News. It says, I thought I would find a husband, not a stalker. Uh, just dating apps put women in danger. And sure. uh, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, just as much as Instagram. It turns out there are Mormon men who also want to be pervy abusers. Yeah. Or yeah. men masquerading as Mormon men, but Mormon men as well. Uh-huh. Uh, when Marla Perrin, now 25, first heard about Mutual, the dating app designed for members of the church, she was thrilled. Um. But Mutual seemed like the dating oasis to Perrin. It basically just goes to say, yeah, she gets all these awful messages. And it's like, yeah, but the men suck. suck. (laughs) But the idea that religious dating apps put women in danger, it's like, no, 
any place where conversation can be had, especially anonymously or pretended to be someone else, you're going to find garbage. I remember my first experience with an online chat room was when I was like eight years old with my cousin. And it was like, I there were so many questions I had for my mom the next day because I didn't know half of those words. And she's like, where yeah. did you learn all these things? <laughs> um, and it's, it's called a chat room. Oh, okay. So my thought was, oh, and this is kind of an interesting story I told Jeff before we started. Um, there's a woman in Utah. They do sting operations every once in a while for child molesters, et cetera. And they set up an account. She's in her mid-20s. They digitally transformed her face to look like she was 11. Um, and like the, the the her title was something like something a kid would say, right? So it's like it's pretty obvious this is a child who has an Instagram account or at least a very young girl. And instantly within the first hour, she had several inappropriate messages and links to – awful websites. It's just like, yeah, that's, that's, it's so awful. It's so horrendous. It's just everywhere though. I mean, I, I what was it a month ago when they're like, they've shown those videos of the, these people who hack the uh, doorbell video cameras in kids rooms. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I think it's doorbell yeah. or something like a ring or something. And yeah. they'll, they're awful. They're horrible people and they're everywhere and they just land blast everyone. And so, yeah, the thought that it's like does I, religious dating apps is that bad? No, it's just. I will say I would assume though I think in, for religious dating apps there's probably a little bit of affinity bias though, mm-hmm. um, in that we're we're just more trusting of our own, even if perhaps we should not be. I mean, I think it's the same mentality that gets Latter Day Saints into trouble with you know bad business deals or being taken advantage of in that sort of context. Like we want to trust our own right. and an app devoted to dating for Latter-day Saints seems like something we can trust more than match.com or OkCupid right. or, or anyone else that's going to sue me okay, for libel or something that like one. that. Um, so I get that. I, I think that's the main part of it is that when it becomes your religious community, you inherently want to trust it more. And so maybe you let your guard down a little bit more. And so people send you messages to Nickmo and then you show up and it's actually a fat man. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> it's always a fat man. Why that, can't it be a skinny worse. guy who smells bad? Could be that. That's even worse. Uh, all right, couple, just a couple other ones here. We're gonna get going on our way. So they are already going to update the Gospel Living app. If you case you missed oh the Gospel gosh. Living app that came out a few weeks ago, the the half baked Gospel Living app, they said we've heard you. We're gonna add stuff in that should have been here in the beginning. Uh, improved circles for one. That there will be circles based on your callings. You can also actually customize your circle, which is pretty good because I don't even know how this works for young women. I don't know if you've seen this app yet, Ashton, but the circles yes, aren't the worst. Say, it's not it's the worst. Awful. Yeah, I think not, it's awful. I mean, I don't think they've achieved what they perhaps have been aiming for. But the thing is, the circles right now have been automated since it came out. A circle is just an automatic texting group, basically, where you can share stuff within the app. But it's based on what your calling is or your age or wherever you're going. So I'm in like an – I don't even think there's an elders quorum one, but I'm in like a bishopric one and I'm in a, a youth one because for some reason I, I'm like part of the youth council or something like that. Well, it's interesting um, because I see the utility. I oh, I'm this, not, Sorry, go sorry, ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, and I'm in ward council and my household, but I've seen like that for a, 
a teacher's quorum. They're automatically in a teacher's quorum one. But we got rid of all the structure for the young women. So what are the young women in by default? There's no class by default anymore. Your class can be whatever your ward has decided to make it. So, Yeah, I see the utility behind – just because I actually had never heard about the app. I downloaded it and all I could think was this in theory could be great. But I don't get why a lot of these features aren't in uh, LDS tools, right? Just because it's like, man, this well, would be nice. it's designed for kids. I mean, kids are going to use LDS tools. Yeah, yeah, but there's like little things. I just – the church has come out with so many little apps – over the years, like I remember we downloaded one that was like LDS messages and it was by the church, right? It wasn't some side thing, but it was just like, it had a couple Mormon messages, like a couple random ones. Yeah. And then it had a couple audio clips and the interface the was awful. It was just horrendous. And then we, and then there's a different one we had for the Apple TV and it was supposed to be the same kind of thing, but it was, had a different name. And it was like, it's like, oh no, I could get all the Mormon messages on YouTube, um, all the video stuff. And and that's why I do like, I do like the, uh, what's it called? Just the main LDS app, the scriptures, just library. Yeah, library is awesome. Had, and that one's had so long to develop yeah. too. Yes. I think the best new app, newish app they've put out, the church news dedicated app is probably one of the better apps the church has done in a while. It's straightforward. It works really well. Um, easy to share, easy to navigate your way around, but gospel living at this point needs a little bit more, more love. So we'll see what happens. Uh, also, I guess I didn't realize this hadn't happened, but LDS business college is now going to be named Ensign college. And the story behind this, I feel like I must've missed something cause it doesn't quite add up to me because the official release by the church said, it's the classic thing we've been doing in keeping with the correct name of the church. LDS Business College is now just going to change its name. It's not being called Latter-day Saint Business College, right? But it's just getting rid of any LDS reference in this case. So we don't say Ensign. LDS. So now it's Ensign College, and they're all, it's also going to offer four-year degrees. That's mm. cool. That's cool. Um, but what's interesting is then they talk to the president, Bruce Cush, about why they changed names. And he's like, he's like 18 months later, he's sitting there thinking, hey, why haven't we changed names? No one asked him to. Like the church never said you need to change LDS Business College's name. And he said, looked at the counsel from the prophet from October 2018 about all of this. And he said, well, we're not a church. We're affiliated with the church, but we're not the actual church. So like, I'm okay using LDS because this is not the church, right? Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, it would almost be, you know, if you had LDS Children's Hospital or something like that, right? So, but then he says, we were the catalyst for suggesting our name should change because there was some confusion about what we did as an institution. They said like, well, I'm not interested in business, so I won't go to LDS Business College. That's fair Yeah. when there are other programs. So then about six months ago, uh, they started talking about doing this, but then they're like, they kind of turns around and says, the first presidency concurred with these adjustments. If there'd be a name change right now is the right time because we're getting rid of references to the church and we're not going to be called a BYU. And then it says like, we want to be inside college because- we want to represent the good things the gospel represents. It's almost like they're saying, yeah, we didn't want to do the LDS thing and we wanted to honor the correct name of the church, even though he said that wasn't an issue. So it's a little weird to me, mm. but whatever. You can go to Ensign College now and live your dream. Well, and speaking of changing names, yeah. uh, the church is planning on changing the names of the church Wi-Fi networks. So if Pioneer 47 means anything to you, 
Yeah. And yeah, that we, you know is the golden age. Of the Wi-Fi. sisters talked about this last week, but I think you've got a hilarious little. Uh, well, it's just really, it says, here. it appears that the church will be changing the name of the Wi Fi networks in meeting houses from LDS Access to Liahona. Says, I assume this part is a part of the president of President Nelson's push to not use abbreviations for the name of the church. Sure. Would it be too impertinent of me to point out that Liahona doesn't contain Jesus's name either? Which is really interesting. And then they came up with a list of a bunch of different options that they would have submitted. And one of them, I said, love some of these. these are so funny. Uh, first one is LSD access. Classic. Right. Right. No sure. doubter router. That's a good one. My favorite one here is uh, how firmware a foundation. I think people like that one quite a bit. That's a good one. Um, the broad, broad and spacious band is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Straight. I like router, router of Riplikish. Has kind of Ooh, I didn't see that. Oh, yep. Down there. I also think it should be called the wireless local area network of the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was great. I love that was the one I actually laughed out loud at. This wireless local area network of the church. So one thing that's interesting though, um, they have not mentioned this at all. It, it's blocking sites. Well, yeah, it blocks Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. No, 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 no. Those got unblocked. So a couple. Oh, they're about unblocked eight, now. About eighteen months ago, yeah. So even with LDS access, you've been able to get back on Instagram. Facebook's always been okay, but Twitter, Instagram, all that have been unblocked. But now, when you log in under the new network, it's not just knowing the password. You're presented with a splash screen to accept the terms of service. Ooh. So the network functions a bit differently, and they've cl- they've clearly. Um, They've blacklisted some random sites. I stumbled upon this on Sunday in a weird way, and it just gave me the screen. It just said, this is prohibited. It's like if you're trying to get on some website at work, you know, and your IT people have said, you can't go to this website. But the website I was going to, I was searching. So there's a game called Planet Zoo. It's related to Planet Coaster. It's a zoo simulation game. That's what you do on your... your I was was playing it with my... I'd never played it yet. Mm -hmm. And then I got it out to play with my son. That's a computer game. We never played it. And we sat there and he loves animals like crazy. So anyways, it's, he's, he was over the moon that we could like design our own zoo and go and have town. So elders quorum, elders quorum was elders quorum. Yeah. And so I was like, I was looking up some tips of like, how do I like stop this animal from escaping the enclosure and the game? So, and it took me to some gaming website and it just gave me this thing. It said, boom, this is blocked. And I was like, you dude, go here. it knows you're trying some- to cheat. It, it knows you're looking for secret codes. But it wasn't even shady. It still loaded other websites I went to as I searched for various things on my phone. But I did notice at least once it actually straight up gave me a blocked access, which is that's new. So that's funny. I I think the reason I I thought it was uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram was still blocked is because last time I was trying to access those at church was a couple of years ago. Since then, it's like, ah, the church's Wi-Fi is too slow. I'll just use my my data myself. Your data. Yeah. You should do. It's just too fast now. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Not every building, of course, remember the uh, Wi-Fi change doesn't totally take over until April. I know some meeting houses already have it. Some don't. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. And folks, we want to encourage you to go to thisweekinmormons.com. Be with us. Spend time with us. Love with us. Come to our website. Read articles. Be there. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so. And of course, leave a review on iTunes. It's about time more of you did that. Ashton, you should leave a review on iTunes. I did. Because you, you love Apple products so much. I, I do. Expect you to leave. Okay, good. Um, and if, if you have not become a patron, uh, we issue this call relatively often. A dollar a month is all I'm asking of you on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash This Week in Mormons. You can pledge one dollar a month 
And that just helps us pay for hosting and server fees and, and my massive things. fee today. All kinds of all kinds of nonsense. This ain't free, folks. We actually run Twim at a loss, so I would love not to run Twim at a loss. That would be nice at the very least. Um, so please do that, and of course, join us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and if you have any feedback, contact at thisweekinmormons.com is our general inbox, and I will see it, and we will get back to you. It'll be great. Ashton Bingham, my friend, I hope you go and make videos for Rob Bishop now. And Funny you should say we're actually doing that. Or or John Curtis. Mm, he is awesome. Is he? He's Are you big. sure? You sure I, he's not? I love him. He's not, sure he's not too, he's not too rhino. He's not too rhino-y for you? No. You're sure? He's the perfect you know, mix, man. He's perfect. You know he was a de- you know he was once Oh, a totally. Democrat. He was he was the he was the chairman of the Democratic Party. Like thirty years ago or something. Yeah, then he gone and become a Republican. Like, because how else are you going to win in Utah unless you want to by being Ben McAdams? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, that's because his predecessor was not the best. Mia Love, she's a hero. Is she? You suck, Ashton. This podcast <laughs> is over. Anyway, <laughs> everybody, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll have a great week, and uh, we're sorry for the late show this week. We'll be back again next week potentially on schedule if my technological problems don't persist and uh all will be well so for ashton i'm jeff this has been this week in mormons be well be holy and be happy